Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteous Savior. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we gather this morning to hear your word read and proclaimed, we have sung our praises to you and offer the petitions of our hearts. But as we focus on your word, speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, speak to our very souls, so that we would be transformed. Transformed as a people to leave this place, not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. The author Carl Sandburg is quoted as saying this, a baby is God's opinion that the world should go on. A baby is God's opinion that the world should go on. No truer words may have been written, especially for us at this time of Advent. You see, when it is, when we think of children, children come into the world, they come in helpless, needing our love, our support, our care, but they come in with a clean slate. Their hard drive, if you will, isn't full of memories of the past or knowledge of past mistakes or past triumphs. Instead, everything is brand new and wonderful to them. They have these opportunities to learn and to grow. Think about it, when you walk into a place with a child and they've walked into it, you've walked in a thousand times and they walk in for the first time. They see things that we have long forgotten to observe. They are still awed by the wonder of large trees lit with lights and covered with a star and amazed at how a sanctuary can be transformed from what we knew always to beauty at Advent. Children provide us an opportunity to learn from the past, and, but they also represent the present and the future. It's a chance for us to teach them not so much about the darkness of the past, but how to overcome it and how to not repeat it. They are a sign that the world should go on. They represent hope for you and for me, for not only this generation, but for future generations. When the prophet Jeremiah is writing with the people of Israel, he's writing and telling them sort of what God's hopes and dreams are. You remember he's writing to them and telling them with the promise that it's almost time for it to come true. When God would send someone to rescue them and lift them up. 
as he's writing to them, the Israelites have found themselves in the exile. It's sometime after 586 BC when Jerusalem has fallen and they have found that the dreams that they had had not come true. It was bleak and dark in their times. But yet Jeremiah is speaking to them and writing to them, telling them that they will be restored soon. They will be lifted up by God and saved. That God would send them a leader that would restore them into right relationship with God. Now they heard this and they may have been thinking about a political leader like a king or a judge. But we know what Jeremiah was speaking about. Jeremiah was speaking about that the Lord God in heaven would send someone that would restore them in right relationship with God would save them from themselves. And if we would follow, lay pathways of righteousness for all the world. You see, what Jeremiah was writing was a message of hope to the people in a dark time. We come this morning, the children just lit this candle right here, the candle of hope. Advent is the same for us, a time of hope. See, hope is powerful. It changes the trajectories of our lives. It's one of these words that when you think about it and you look at it, you go, is it a noun or is it a verb? And if you open the dictionary up, you find what? It's both. See, hope, the noun, is the expectation, the fulfillment of success. See, when we have hope, when we possess it, we expect that we will succeed. We will expect something happens. But it's also a verb. It also describes when we come in the room, when we come into church, in the sanctuary with this idea of having hope, the desire, the anticipation, the want for something to be true, for something to happen. You may have walked in here today with hope, hope that you would find God, hope that you would find joy, that your heart would be lifted up and what you would experience here would give you the strength for the week to come. When you walked in like that, you walked in with hope that this would be that place. Bishop Desmond Tutu wrote that hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. I love that. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness that seems to be around us. You see, it's hope that chases the darkness to the corners, isn't it? It's hope that tells us that it will not always be dark. James lived in the backwoods of Buchanan County, Virginia, over in the western part of the state, over near the Kentucky border. He lived there and he was sort of the spitting image, if you will, of a mountain man. If you've ever watched the History Channel's TV series, Mountain Men, you know, they're strong, rugged individuals. Well, James was that character. James was lean, a man of few words, grizzled, worn down by life, but always, always working. Spoke very few words, very few emotions, tobacco chewing, always in the woods, always hunting or fishing or growing crops, always providing for himself. Didn't seem to have a worry in the world. Everything was the way he wanted it to be. And then one day, trouble began. For James, the trouble began in that his little two-room house wasn't suitable. The Department of Social Services came into his community, found out that he had two boys living there with him, his sons, and they said, James, your house isn't right to raise children in. There's only two rooms. You need a bedroom for the boys that's separate from your own. You need an indoor bathroom with running water. You need to be able to provide this for them or otherwise we're going to have to take your children away until you can provide this for them. 
So here's this man who's got everything in the world just the way he wants it, no qualms, no quarrels, and yet now there's trouble. All seemed hopeless and bleak for him. And then that summer, volunteers from across the country came in. They came into Buchanan County helping fix homes and helping provide resources to people that needed it. James was one of those people. And over six weeks, volunteers built a room on the back of his house that could serve as a bedroom for his boys. They built a bathroom with running water and all the plumbing that was required. See, in those six weeks' time, the actions of strangers gave James hope, the noun, if you will, hope, the thing that he so wanted, this hope that he would have success around the corner to keep his boys at home with him. See, the darkness in his life was knowing, not seeing a way that he could change his trajectory, not seeing a way to change his fortune in life. How could he build that room in enough time? And strangers came and gave him the gift of hope. Hope that he could keep his children with him, and he did. They gave him hope that life wasn't so bleak. Well, friends, who do you and I know? Who do we know in our world around us? Who do we know that needs the gift of hope that we can provide to them this Advent? Maybe that gift is a kind word, or maybe it's our actions or our deeds or an invitation. Who do you know that needs hope that needs to chase the darkness to the corners of the room so that it won't take over their lives. You see, that's what Advent is. It's the opportunity for us to give and to serve and to provide hope to those that need it. But hope is just more than just that one thing to possess. Hope is also that with the desire, the anticipation that we have that things may be different. Sometimes our lives become hopeless where they think that they cannot change whatsoever. Susan was one such person. She had started a new job. She was in a new city far away from her family, clear across the country. She was excited about her job, excited about her opportunities, but soon all that excitement faded. It sort of dimmed, if you will. She started to realize that there must be something more to her life than getting up in the morning and leaving her apartment walking the six or seven blocks to her job, working each and every day, making sure that those reports that people wanted were turned in on time, and then leaving. She realized sitting in her apartment that night that she had no friends. No one really cared about her more or less, just as long as the reports were turned in on time, that's all that seemed to matter at work. And then she would leave work and she would come home to her lonely apartment. And so there, as the shadows dimmed, as the shadows grew longer and longer, she decided, I've got to do something different. I've got to make a change. I've got to get up and go out in the city. Surely there's some excitement. Surely there's somebody that cares about me. Surely I'll run into someone that is glad to see me. So she put her coat on, wrapped her scarf around her neck, and she took off down the stairs and out on the streets. But as the evening grew colder, as she walked along, she tried to strike up conversations with people saying hello to them, but at best she got a grunt in return. Most people had their heads down against the weather, their packages tucked in their arms, hurrying from store to store or from the shop to their homes, really ignoring her and each other. 
As she wandered along, she felt more and more isolated, kept thinking out, there's got to be more to that than this. There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. She almost uttered aloud, I'm so lonely. She found herself standing out in front of a large entrance where there was light pouring out the doors. And she said, maybe that's the place. And so she walked in. And she walked in, she looked up, she found a room full of light and warmth, but empty. She had wandered into a sanctuary during the middle of the week on an evening, and there was one woman putting lights on a tree. The woman was startled just as much about Susan's presence as Susan was that she had wandered into a church. And she said, are you okay? And Susan said, oh, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Do you mind if I sit here a while? And the woman said, please, by all means, stay as long as you want. Do you mind if I keep putting lights on the tree? And Susan said, please, don't stop what you're doing on account of me. So after 15 or 20 minutes of just sitting there in the silence, Susan was just looking around. She failed to notice that the woman had finished putting lights on the tree, and then now the woman was walking her way. And she said, are you okay? And Susan said, not really, but I'm starting to feel better. The woman said, I don't know what you're looking for, but this Sunday night, we've got a Christmas pageant in here. It's our Advent season. We've got a Christmas pageant in our church. It's a little chaotic, let me tell you. We're singing hymns. There's children reacting, reenacting the story of Jesus' birth. So they're dressed up in all kinds of animal costumes and bathrobes and whatnot. It's a little nutty. It might even be a little hokey but it's a fun time. Would you like to come? Would you like to be my guest and come and sit with me as we watch the children perform their pageant? And Susan pondered for a minute and she said, I think I might like that. The woman introduced herself and she said, well, come, I hope you'll come. I'll meet you right out here by the door of the church at seven o'clock. The pageant starts at seven. I'll meet you a little bit beforehand. Come and we'll sit together. I'll introduce you to my friends. It's really a warm, fun place. I think you'll enjoy the show. And who knows, you might find what you're looking for. You see what Susan needed on that night, when the cold was closing in on her, the shadows was coming, Susan had hope, had hope that there was something else more to life than just going from point A to point B and back again. And she found it in that sanctuary. The hopes and the dreams that she had that there was more to life she found by walking in that door and someone that was warm and friendly and inviting. So the question for us is who do we know? Who do we know that needs the hope of Christmas and Advent this season? Who do we know that needs to know that the child that was born was God's sign that the world should continue? Who do we know that seems lost or struggling with life or is mourning a loved one or wants to find more to life than what they have right now? Who do we know that needs that in our lives and what would it look like if we invited them to join us right here in this space during this season? What kind of difference could we have in their life if we gave them the gift of hope 
because they're hoping there's something more. They were traveling. They've been traveling, this couple have been traveling on a road trip for many days now. I don't know if you've taken one of those trips where you just get in the car and you've got to drive across the country. And the more you get, the more you're in the car, the more exhausted you get. The more you hope that it would just, the journey would end and you would just get there. Well, that's how they were. They were strung out from their travels. They were ready for the journey to be ending as they got closer to their destination. They knew that they hadn't made reservations. They knew that it was the busy season. They knew that every hotel would probably be full, but surely not all of them. Surely there was a room somewhere in which they could stay. As they came into town, they stopped at every inn and hotel and they got the same message, no vacancy. Sorry, we're full. No rooms here. They came to the last one in town and they were pretty sure they knew the answer was gonna be, nope, we can't help you. But they knocked on the door anyway and the beleaguered innkeeper opened the door and he looked at them. They asked the question and he gave the answer that they knew was coming. I'm sorry, I'm all full up. But then as he looked at them, how tired they were, how strung out they were, how hopeless they seemed. He said, I might have something else. It's not perfect. Matter of fact, I'm embarrassed to offer it to anyone. Because who wants to sleep with the animals, right? But sure enough, he went and he took them out back to his barn and he made a place for them. And they thought it was a miracle. They thought it was a miracle because they had been without hope that there would be any place for them to sleep tonight but the streets, and yet here there was a place. But the miracle didn't stop there, did it? Later that night, with the piercing cry of a child, the true miracle happened. The true miracle, the one that Jeremiah had spoke to the Israelites about was born. The one that Jeremiah said would give hope to the world, that would show the world that the world shall go on, was born. All because the innkeeper said, it's not much. So my friends, as we look around this place, there's room here too, isn't there? There's room in this space, there's room at the Lord's table, there's room for us to offer the gift of hope to the world that needs to hear it. So during this Advent season, I hope that you will join me as we pray for our world, that you will join me as we look for ways to give the gift of hope to a world that's hoping that life can get better. Let us do that by inviting people to come and join us, be a part of our fellowship and experience what God has provided because truly the Christ child is God's statement that the world will go on without end. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.